All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Been a while, but here I am, Jeff, Brad. What's going on, dude? Dude, just been uh, been busy at work, you know, working outside at Menards. It's starting to get to that springtime. So, you know, you got to start putting in those extra hours and a lot more guests, people starting projects and whatnot. So I'm trying to keep up where I can. Yeah, I've I've kind of been going through uh, some similar stuff. Just work's been uh, been stupid, busy, and uh, just for whatever reason, we just haven't been able to hook up and link up. And there's been so freaking much NFL to talk about. Like we could do a two-hour podcast, so we're gonna do our best to just kind of recap what's going on, and we're gonna talk some other stuff too. Uh, I'm just. We're just going to catch up. We're just going to talk some sports in this episode. I don't have a ton planned. I know we kind of briefly spoke, but baseball, opening day today, yesterday. Uh, what's your excitement level? Are you excited for baseball? Are you kind of like whatever? What? Um, I've never been super excited for baseball. Um, the MLB, like um, like the thing they run, like in, the NBA has league pass, NFL Sunday ticket. The MLB thing that they run is pretty cheap, especially with the amount of games that you can watch. I think it's like $24 a month. So I just did a seven-day free trial just to watch some Pittsburgh Pirates opening day. Now I know they are at the bottom of the barrel. They are a terrible baseball team. Uh, they're not owned very well. They don't they do not do anything well except their stadium. Their stadium's top tier. Um, I've seen a lot of lists that have it as a top five stadium in the MLB, and I've been there. Really nice stadium. But I, I've been talking a lot on Facebook, just poking fun for those people who really know me. No, I'm not serious with this Pirates talk. They are they are a bad baseball team. So my excitement in a whole isn't great. Um, I think baseball will always be, for me, something that it's fun to go on, like, a couple's date to the game. Or it's fun to go with some friends and have a nice day at the game. I'll go to Mud Hens games. But I just don't follow the sport like I would other teams. I'm not a diehard fan. I just... When baseball's on, it's nice to watch here and there, but yeah. Yeah, my, I'm a little different in the sense of like I follow like the Tigers, not to a T. I'm no, I'm no thumper. I can't name you every single pitcher that's on the staff and stuff. Um, it's getting easier to name the starting lineups as this team gets more and more competitive. And my excitement level for the season is pretty high. Uh, obviously. Baseball is a very long sport. It's played almost every single day, so you're not going to be able to watch every single game. It's just unrealistic. Um, but it is fun to go to games. Um, over the last several years, I've traveled to several different baseball stadiums, PNC Parks being one of them. Uh, and it's something I, I would like to do again this year, go to another uh, brand-new baseball stadium. So uh, I'm excited baseball's here. I'm very excited for the Tiger season as I'm repping my opening day. Miguel Cabrera, let's go. Um, but enough baseball talk. NBA, we're pretty much, we're almost there. Playoffs are around the corner. Um, without getting too much into playoffs, we're going to probably do almost an entire episode on that. Uh, let's start with the, the popular topic. Lakers out. Where does this fall on LeBron? Where is this just, is this just like a throwaway season? Where does this go in the GOAT debate? I just want to talk a little bit of Lakers, LeBron talk for a minute. Um. I don't know where it goes in the GOAT debate um, because simply if you think Jordan is the GOAT, this is only going to further your point. And if you think LeBron's the GOAT, this doesn't even – doesn't really matter, I guess. Like, I'm not interested in GOAT talks. Like I've said, I think they're the best two players ever when you still talk about them. But I just – I cannot believe how many people who don't watch NBA want to talk about it 
or people who don't care about the NBA all of a sudden want to talk about it. And everyone that I know before the season saw the roster and was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like, this team's not good. I I mean, at least that's how I thought. I told everybody I knew that they weren't – I didn't believe they would hit 35 wins. They're 31 and 49. Now, I know they've had a lot of injuries. Um, the only crazy stat I'm getting out of – I've always thought Russell Westbrook was bad. I never liked Russell Westbrook, especially lately. Um, Anthony Davis is always hurt. But one thing that was shocking to me, because I, I literally did not know it's possible, they've had 39 different starting lineups. I don't even know how that's possible. 39 different starting lineups. The more you think about it, the crazier it is. And I'm not saying that's why their record is the way it is. Maybe a good indication. Uh, The whole team was was poorly built. They were never good. Um, Obviously, I thought it was funny that LeBron, you know, before the season said, we're washed, keep that same energy, blah, blah, blah. Like, I guess that's what everyone's doing for him. He's not going to be in the playoffs when 20 of the 30 teams make the playoffs. But um, it's hard when you look at the numbers to say it's not LeBron's fault, but anybody who's watched the Lakers game, he hasn't played one defensive possession this entire season. Uh, The whole team's just kind of been a mess. Their record's not shocking to me. It is kind of crazy that they're not even going to be in the play-in game, even though I thought they would lose if they got there. But, man, it's crazy to think that there's no chance for them to make it like they're just not good it sucks that they got so many prime time games because you, they're unwatchable yeah yeah i don't disagree with a lot you said but i do want to say one thing um this the the gm lebron is getting a lot of hate because obviously this russell westbrook thing didn't work that's okay if we want to give gm lebron some hate but i also want to back up and give gm lebron some love for making the Miami Heat work and for making Kyrie and Kevin Love work. We we gotta we, we gotta a call championship in, in yep. at Lakers we, too. The thing that hurt it the most was on one of his first episodes here, because I think he's a regular now, Magic Johnson. Did you hear what he said when he came on first take? He basically called out the fact that he chose Wester Westbrook over and I can't even I didn't even know this was possible. He chose Wester Westbrook over both DeMar DeRozan and Buddy Heald. They could have so, had both. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan wanted to come home. He wanted to play for L.A. If He's they from Compton. Yeah, if they would have done that, they only would have had to give up Kyle Kuzma, which meant they would have kept Caruso, which means when Buddy Heald got bought out, they could have brought him. Their starting lineup would have been Caruso, Heald, DeRozan, LeBron, Anthony Davis at full strength. What was, was, but clearly LeBron had no interest in anything other than being on his HBO shop, padding all sorts of offensive statistics, averaging 30 points, trying to catch Kareem, and playing with his boys. I mean, you see it by the fact that he's in a hoodie. Like, the fact that LeBron sat out two games with an ankle injury, when the game that he injured his ankle, he went on to score 28 points after the ankle injury. He didn't, he didn't want to go to the postseason. He didn't want to play more games. No. Okay, time out. Time out. I'm going to speak from experience here. I've played basketball plenty of times in my life, not as much as LeBron. When you first sprain an ankle, you can keep going on it. As soon as you take that shoe off, it's over. 
I've, I've sprained my right ankle six times in a four-year span. It hurts the same all the time. <laughs> Keep going on it. Don't go on it. He could have iced that sucker up, wrapped it up, and played on it. It would have hurt. Well, he's out but, for the year now. I don't know if you've seen that. That was about oh, an hour yeah. ago. He's gone. AD's probably gone for the year. Uh, Russell Westbrook didn't play last game. None of them did. And the Suns beat him. I mean, yeah. Jokic, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic. I know you're a Luka guy. We all give know me, I'm a Luka guy. Give me the MVP. Who's the MVP of the league this Jokic. year? Jokic. Yeah, 2,000, 1,500. That's tough. That's tough. He should be back-to-back MVP. And people are acting like, you know, he's he's out here in the West, and they're the sixth seed. He hasn't had Jamal Murray all season. They lost Michael uh, Porter. He hasn't had Jamal Murray in a year and a half. Well, well, I, I forget he's even a nugget, honestly. Yeah, he, got, <laughs> he got injured in the playoffs. That He hasn't had him. They lost Michael Porter Jr. Sure, he got Aaron Gordon, but. He's it. He's the whole team, and he is dominating, and he plays good defense, too. Um, I feel really bad for Joel Embiid with the season he's putting up because it's one of the best second-place finishes I can remember off the top of my head, whoever it is. Whether Embiid wins it and Jokic comes in second, I think they are the two, and they'll be the first. uh, um, Wait, did Jokic win MVP last season? Yes. Jokic yeah, is the reigning MVP. He was the first center since Shaq to win the center yeah. or to win it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd ha- my vote would go to Jokic, but man, if Embiid got it, I wouldn't be like, man, Jokic was ripped off. They're just playing that good of basketball. And what's kind of crazy, sneakily, is uh, Joel Embiid. You see that he just passed Michael Jordan. All-time career points per minute. Joel Embiid is number one all time. He just passed Michael. Now it can fluctuate. Yes, that, that's a fluctuating stat, but that is but, incredible, though. And I'm not because he's been in the league a long time. Uh, yeah, not Embiid to Jordan, but it's like not per game, not per season, per minute on the floor. Embiid is outscoring Michael. Like it just, it's in a testament to like his offensive end when he's pretty good on the defensive end too. Both great players. Um, but yeah, my vote would go to Jokic. Uh, I have one other question, and then I'll let you talk any other NBA topics you have. Um, you have the NBA standings in front of you? I do. Where are the Clippers currently in the West? The Clip Clippers in the West. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to be fun in the playoffs. They are in the eighth seed, but I'll have you know, the team in seventh has six more wins, and the team in ninth has four less wins. So they're pretty much the eighth seed. Like that's okay. Locked. So they're gonna have to play who? The who's the ten? No, I'm sorry. Eight, who's the eleven? Eight plays nine. Eight plays nine. Sorry. Who's who's the ninth seed? It's the Narlands Pelicans. So okay, oh, this is a great conversation. Okay, hypothetically speaking, Kawhi and Paul George come back. What are you? Where are you at on the uh, on the Clippers? Paul George oh, is back. I should preface this. Yeah, Paul no, George is back. back. Kawhi yeah. Leonard. If Kawhi Leonard comes back, where are you at on the Clippers? Title favorites, like title contenders, top five team, top um, three team. Not, not favorites. But if the Clippers are the eight seed and they come out of this thing and say they match up against the Grizzlies. Or no, I'm sorry. So – I've I've always done the playing wrongs. Some of you guys might have been listening and screaming. 
at me. Do you know how the play-in tournament works? It's seven versus ten. It's a if. I don't what? think I don't. Maybe you're right. I, it I is. It's seven versus ten, and seven only has to win one game. It's eight versus nine, and eight only has to win one game. I don't think that's how they do it. I think seven plays eight and nine plays ten. The winner of seven eight earns the seven seed. The loser plays the winner of the nine ten game for the eight seed. Yes. So, so, so seven and eight play for the seven real so the quick. The Clippers play the Timberwolves. Correct. If yes. the Clippers win that game, I think the Clippers can beat the Grizzlies. However, I think, oh man, the Suns are so good. I'd like to see the Clippers go on a little run. I'd like to see Clippers versus Grizzlies in the first round to see if they can really do it. But with Kawhi and um, Paul George and Reggie Jackson, the way he's been playing, and uh, yeah. Morris, and, you know, they've got a really good squad, and they play hard defense. I really like watching the Clippers. They've had some big comeback wins, and they're even 40-40 and 40 on the team, missing a lot of pieces for a lot. I think Covington, a trade piece, he's been playing well the last few games. He missed, like, 30. Um Clippers are real. Remember, if they're at full strength, we're talking this is a top three seed in the West. You know, if Kawhi and Paul George are healthy all season, so they're scary for sure. What is Zion add? A potential Zion add to the Pelicans? I don't like it just because whatever he can do on the floor, it just seems like there's no camaraderie there. They haven't played together. At least Kawhi was on the team the last, like, two seasons, and they can push him in, like, and he's the go-to option. Yeah, Zion I, wouldn't necessarily be the go-to option. And Kawhi can score, like, off the dribble, any level, all three levels. Zion's still an inside interior presence. Um, I just – I like the Clippers. Even without Kawhi, if he didn't play, I still think the Clippers would beat the Pelicans or the Spurs if they lose to those Timberwolves. The one thing I'm pretty dead set on, I think these playoffs are wide open because this is the most, like – and I don't know if this is just a new league we're in or if this is a fluke year with all the injuries. This league was so beat up this year that I just don't necessarily know that there's any team that has separated themselves. Phoenix obviously stands out. Listen, Boston over the last two months has been incredible. Go ahead. What, yeah. On the east side of the Eastern Conference, the one seed and the nine seed are only separated by 10 games. One all the way through nine is only separated by 10 games. On the East. The Heat are 52 and 28. The Hawks are 42 and 38. The Heat are the one seed right now? Yeah, if you want to go all the way to the 10 seed. So the play-in tournament, 10 seed, all the way to one, is 52 to 41 wins. It's only 11 games. The entire East. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, though, when you look at the – the Heat, they are 34 and 16 against the East. So their defense is is pretty pretty outstanding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, the whole East I, is wide open. And if you take out the I mean, I don't know. It, it is crazy that the Nets, who are the eighth seed in the East at 42 and 38, as of like earlier this week, they were the betting favorites in the East to win the title. Yeah, and they're like the third Kyrie and Durant. And, and they're like the third most like of of all the teams behind like Phoenix and Golden State. It's Did it's you like see that stupid. Game against the uh, the Nets the or the Knicks the other night. Yeah, where they came back from like 
yeah, 17 watched, or 20 or whatever it was. Half. They were down by 21 at one first. Yeah, 21. Six or something like crazy. They, well, they've done it twice this year. One, yeah. they were down by 27. The other one, they were down by like 21. Yeah. Yeah. They're an interesting team because their dynamic is just so much different. It's not a standard basketball team. Defend, get out and transition, yeah. you know, this and that. They're just – they have two nuclear bombs on offense. Any other NBA topics you want to address before we move on to an action-packed NFL? Actually, we got we got one more topic before we get to NFL, but anything else NBA? No, that's okay. World Cup. Yeah. I want to talk I want to talk a little bit about that. So, um Team USA needed to win a couple of games. They ended up winning one, they ended up losing their last one, but they were pretty much in unless they lost by like yeah, eight they, goals. You, you know, had posted some crazy yeah, they they got to a point to where like if you legally forfeit a match, it it's it's a three nothing defeat. They could have lost by five and still made the World Cup. They could have just forfeited the match. We're not showing up and made the World Cup. I maybe there would have been some disciplinary actions, but that was what Alex said on the on the comment. Yeah, they had basically locked it up because the game they won before that they they won five nothing. So they gave themselves such a massive cushion against Costa Rica on goal difference that they were they were pretty much in in the World Cup. So they get in and they draw England. Yes. Now what ne- ne- what necessarily needs to happen for them to advance? Just beat England once, or how does it work? Okay, so I'm gonna explain the whole World Cup process here. Real give quick. Give it to me, baby. Yep. Give it to me. So so during the process of the the year or two leading up to the World Cup. There's a lot of international matches, and you play a lot in your region. So United States is in the CONCACAF, I believe is how it's pronounced. But, like, you all play in, in your region, and um, you have to get so many points to, to qualify for the World Cup outright. Those who do not are oftentimes put in a playoff, like when we talked about Portugal and Italy and what happened there. Um, you get in a playoff. But regardless of the fact, let's just say they, the teams who qualify are now in. You have 32 teams. I will also add two things on the side here. 2026 is the next World Cup. Three nations have gone in together to host it. Mexico, United States, and Canada. We will be hosting the World Cup in four years. With that being said, it's going from 32 to 48 teams for the first time in World Cup history. They're adding 16 more teams to the World Cup. So I believe the days of the USA not being in the World Cup are gone. Italy not being in the World Cup are gone. Like, they're just too good to miss out on 16 extra spots. Going back, the 32 are in. So time out real quick before you get too far. So the U.S. was kind of a bubble team this year. Well, they got in through the CONCACAF qualifying. Mexico, United States, Canada, and – I believe there's still one more playoff to be had. I think Costa Rica has a chance. They're in like one of the playoffs, I think. But from our region, Canada, Mexico, and USA all entered. Okay. But but you're saying next year there's almost no way they're on the bubble. There. The USA there's... USA is too good and too much of growing sport in soccer and our talent is growing. We're not missing 48 team draw for okay. the world. It's just I don't I mean, if that happened, soccer's dead in America. Like, that, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so the 32 teams are in. Now, un- one team doesn't have to earn their spot. If you host the World Cup, 
you're in. That's how Cutter got in. I believe this is Cutter's first World Cup ever as a nation, and it's because they bought their way in. There's a huge talk about how it's just a money ploy, and the World Cup's normally in the summer. They have to move it to November because it's too hot during the summer to even have players play 90-minute games in the summer. Like that's So, real quick, you said that the U.S. is going to host next year. 2026. Okay, yes, sorry, Every the next week. time around. So I just looked it up. Dude, there's a lot of – there's a close city to us. There, so there's a lot. There's Toronto. There's Boston. There's Philadelphia. There's Cincinnati. They're all still putting in bids to host games. Oh, so That's it's good. not official. Yeah, so Canada – Candidate host cities are yeah, Atlanta, so, Baltimore, Boston, Cincinnati, Dallas, Denver, Houston, and A Kansas lot city. on the East Coast. So Canada has four cities. Mexico has three. And the United States has 17. I believe there's only going to be a total of 17 cities total of available. Yeah, so like I think Canada's going to get like 3, Mexico will get 2 or 3, the United States is going to have like 11. Like yeah. we're getting so and as a money ploy and size of arena in the middle of everything, watch out for Jerry Jones to try and buy the World Cup final at AT&T Stadium. 100%. And turn that thing into a soccer field at the Jumbotron. It's in Dallas, middle of the United States, middle of the three countries. It's in the heartland. It's Dallas. They have the money. Early prediction, whether it's a good soccer arena or not, just look for that to be a potential host for the final. Anyway, 32 teams get in. Cutters, the host country, they get put at number one. Number one rank which means nothing, essentially. I'm going to get into that, but they're rank one. Then, through your performances, they have the rest of the countries ranked 2 to 32, okay? Countries ranked 2 through 7 get put in pot 1 with Cutter to make 8 teams in pot A. Then, or pot 1, pot 2 is teams ranked 8th through 15th, then 16 through 23, so on and so forth. So you fill all the teams, the four groups. Then they say group A. They draw from pot one. Boom, they drew Cutter. Then they said pot two. They drew Netherlands. Then they drew pot three, I believe, was Senegal, pot four, Ecuador. That's group A. So every group theoretically has a, well, does have a team from pot one, two, three, and four in it. So there's so a top seed a middle seed, a below Correct. middle seed, and a bottom seed. All average. the way through. That's why they say, like, the group of death will often have a group from pot two that's theoretically a pot one team. Like, Spain was pot one, and then Germany got drawn as their pot two team. That's that's a tier one team. Or, like, um, England and USA is a good one. England's ranked, like, I think fifth in the world. And the United States is ranked like 11th or 12th. So they're like, they're just outside the top 10. So you just have like, there's always going to be a group of death beforehand where they think it's like the most really good teams, Belgium, Croatia, Canada. That's a really, really tough group and Morocco's. So anyway, that's how it's drawn. You have your pots now, group A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Mm-hmm. And this is how it happens. You play a soccer game every three days. Group A will play on the same days, B will play on the same days, so on and so forth. First game, let's say USA plays Iran, okay? Mm-hmm. You play 90 minutes, no extra time, no PKs. A win is three points, a tie is one point, a loss is zero. 
three days later, we play England. Three days later, let's say we play Wales if they get in, if they're our fourth team. At the end, after all three teams, or after all four teams have played every other team in their group once, the top two advance, the top, the bottom two are out of the World Cup. It's over for them. They go home after three soccer games. The way it works when they match up is the winner of Group A when the knockout stages start. And when the knockout stages start, that's like your typical bracket format. Eight teams on the left, eight teams on the right. They play to the final. In they those play one game? Extra time, penalty penalty kicks if need be in all games. There will be a winner when the game is over. The winner of Group A plays the runner-up of Group B on the left side. And on the right side of the bracket, the winner of Group B plays the runner-up of Group A. So the only way you can rematch a team that's in your group is if you meet in the final of the World Cup as the top two that came out. So think of it, if Spain wins the group and Germany comes in second, they're on opposite sides, they could meet again in the final. All locations are predetermined for the games. You can go look it up if you want to. But that's essentially how it happens. A and B are paired together, C, D, E, F, G, H. The winner plays the runner-up of the group next to him. So that's why when you are asking, is this a good draw for United States? Mm-hmm. I believe they can. All right, guys, sorry about that. A little bit of a technical difficulty there, but. I, when you asked in the Facebook group if it is a good draw for the United States, the yeah. reason why we say yes is because if Scotland, Ukraine, or Wales gets in as our fourth group, we should be able to beat them. Iran, we should be able to beat. It should be just between us and England. Being realistic, obviously I'm cheering for USA. England is really good. England is really, really good. I believe they finished top four in the last World Cup and in the Euros. They've been really good for the last couple years. So if we were to be runner-up or winner, Group A looks to be the weakest group with Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. Netherlands is good, but we expect them to win. So if we can win Group B, we draw a team that theoretically we should be able to move past in the next round. That's why it's a good draw. All things considered, we look to be a top two team in our group and we drew a good group to go against early in the next round. Um, with that being said, if we were to make it to the knockouts and win a game, that's when you start to look at Argentina's in France and Spain and Germany, Belgium, Croatia, Portugal, Brazil, like Teams where you're like, man, if USA could win this, that's crazy. But what I want people to know is the USA failed to qualify for the World Cup in 2022. And the entire structure of what they've done, they threw away everything and started new. We have a new coach. We have a lot of players that are playing in Europe. Christian Pulisic just won a Champions League with Chelsea. Weston McKinney has played in the Champions League with Juventus. Gio Reyna plays for Borussia Dortmund. Sergio Dest plays for Barcelona. Um, our goalie is the backup goalie for Manchester City. 
Um, there's a lot of players who are playing in big clubs with high expectations. And when they come back to playing the World Cup, there's just a different feel about them. And I do not believe this is false. Uh, maybe you guys can fact check me. Out of the 32 teams in the World Cup, average age per player, the United States is the youngest team in the World Cup this year. Our average age is somewhere between 20 and 22, I believe. Which means the World Cup four years from now when we're a host, we've got a bunch of 24 to 26-year-olds who have been playing for four or five years. And we have a good, solid core that's coming up with our coach. And, you know, we're, it's one of the first times we've went into the Azteca in Mexico and we're able to steal points away with a draw. Um, we've beaten Mexico or we've been unbeaten in our last like four or five against Mexico, which is huge in the rivalry. And you see it. We had an 18 year old player in the United States. He played for D.C. United or he was in the academy. He just went to, I think, our uh, Bayern Munich or RB Leipzig in Germany to play like our players and athletes have so much more. You know. They're seen now. It's not like a secondhand sport in America. You got to remember the MLS was created in 96, I believe. It's like 25 or 26 years old and still growing. And the veterans who kind of like retire from Europe and come play in the MLS, Beckham, Ibrahimovic, Pirlo, you've heard of them. They've really helped grow the game and it's a growing sport. And our, our, our players are starting to play in Europe where the competition's real. And we're not just the MLS all-stars trying to compete in a world cup we have actual players from real big clubs in europe and it's very exciting to watch this young team if you're just getting into soccer you only care about usa now is a great time to start to get involved in the united states soccer team because i think we're going to just continue to get better in the next few years cool stuff are you ready it's been a lot yeah, we got well, been a lot as far as NFL. <laughs> what are you talking? Yeah, NFL. I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot here. Um, I'm gonna bring up whatever, and then if there's stuff I'm forgetting and you want to bring up, just hit me. Let's. Yeah. I want to. I want to start here though, because I can't believe this. It feels like this happened an eternity ago, and I haven't got your your official opinion on it. Start here, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, signs a one-year deal. I think it's worth seven or seven to nine million. It's less than ten Two, million. Two-year deal, fourteen million, so seven a year. Okay. I think it can get up to like seventeen or twenty, so like an extra three a year based on incentives. So uh, he he signs with Pittsburgh. Uh, so as of right now, it's 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 Trubisky, it's Mason Rudolph, it's Dwayne Haskins. Uh, it does sound like they're still uh having quarterbacks visit. Um. Where are you at currently on the Pittsburgh QB situation up and with Trubisky? Um, it's wild. Uh, I've never been a part of this, obviously. Big Ben since 04. Um, mm -hmm. You gave me the numbers in a recent podcast on my excitement. I had Mitch Trubisky as like an, a seven or an eight. I was, you did. You I did. I couldn't believe it. A lot of people. Um, I believe he will in the starting spot. I believe Mike Tomlin is on record saying the Steelers will have four quarterbacks this year on the roster and one will be drafted. Um, whether that's in the first round, second round, we trade up, we'll see what's going to happen there. I'm just along for the ride. Got to have the quarterback and Mike Tomlin. I don't know if he's handling it the right way, but he's handling it his way. And like I said, the only thing I can ask from my coach of my team is if we have a problem, we need to address it. And he's trying to find a guy to replace it. Um, Mitch Trubisky, I've been 
drilling people on one thing and one thing alone. He is not a world beater. I don't think he's like a top 10 quarterback, top five quarterback, but he is certainly, I think if Mitch Trubisky started week one, we would have improved quarterback play from last year and the year before. Um, I don't, Big Ben has been bad. Um, not necessarily just arm and knowledge, but being able to be mobile. It's what Matt Canada likes to run. It fits our system. And I think he did some really positive things with the Bears that other quarterbacks with the Bears haven't been able to duplicate under Matt Nagy. Um, whether it was uh, a load of things, but in Buffalo, Josh Allen under their coaching got better. Obviously, Josh Allen's ceiling's way higher, but he did improve. So we'll see if Mitch Trubisky can improve. But with the defense we have and the young offense, I'm just excited to see where it goes. And like I said, it had nothing to do with ability, even though I didn't think he was good. I don't want to cheer for Mason Rudolph. It's just that simple. So I'll take anybody. I'm very excited for the Mitchburg Steelers. Are you are you rooting for draft? Are you hoping they move up? Like what where, where am, are you sitting I am, there? I am one hundred percent okay with taking a quarterback if it's in the second round. I don't really know if I want to see a quarterback at the pick 20, but with the way everyone gets talked about, you know, quarterbacks will always change a draft and it's always shocking on draft day whenever the first one gets taken and ball starts rolling. But I have said from the beginning, I'm not sold on anybody. I think Desmond Ritter would be a fun pickup, but I thought he would be a second round pick. Um, I would like that. Uh, Matt Corral at one point was the best quarterback. Now he's fallen to three or four. I would really mm -hmm. like Matt Corral. I'd like to stay away from Kenny Pickett. And um, I don't think we have a realistic chance at Malik Willis with all the talk about him, but not. I don't really know if I'm sold on him either. So if we do take a quarterback, I'd like to stay where we are, move back, or go in the second. Uh, Desmond Ritter or um, Matt Corral would be the two guys I would be okay with at 20. Let's stay in division. Uh, Deshaun Watson. We've talked about him now on this pod. Gosh, it seems like since the pod existed. Um, uh, we're going to leave the off the field stuff at ease as we've done this entire time. Watson gets traded the Browns on a mega deal. What do you think? Crazy. Good for the Browns. I don't, I think they'll only get worse from this, to be honest with you. They'll um, only get – what do you mean by that? They're mean? paying Deshaun Watson so much. Like, the one thing that was good about him is how deep their roster was everywhere, yeah. and it's it's going to deteriorate. you got to pay Garrett, got to pay Watson, got to pay Chubb. I mean, they have Amari Cooper for how long? I think Amari Cooper might want to leave the second he's able to. I mean, I – Real quick, who would you say? they got to pay Garrett? Garrett? They did, they did already. Like, he's paid Chubb, a lot of money. They did already. They're, they already lost three pieces on their offensive line. That's where things are getting shaky. No one's talking about that. The offensive line's already almost gone. I guess I only think they're going to get worse is because I don't believe Deshaun Watson will play this year. I don't think he's going to play this year. Okay. At First, all? I don't, no. Okay. I, I hear a lot of people say four-game or six-game suspension. I, if If the cases are still open – I don't know if, if the NFL will let him play. They might not necessarily fine him, but the exemplary list or whatever that is to where players mm -hmm. can't play. Mm -hmm. um, the Browns clearly anticipate fines and suspensions coming with the $1 million on the first year of the deal. Yeah. So 
I just think there won't be that much. And gosh, I don't think their fan base is fully behind it. I hear a lot of commotion on like who he is as a person and what he does in the field, this or that. But I remember a team that had a poor roster because they were paying Deshaun Watson a lot of money and they went four and 12. Like the Browns have a better roster than the Texans did at that time. But okay, in their prime, they had J.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. They had DeAndre Hopkins, so you have Chubb and Amari Cooper. So maybe they can do good things, but they lost some big pieces on their offensive line. I don't know. I I just don't. I think the Browns are in a big, a lot of change right now with so much uncertainty. That yeah, I think with how much they're paying their quarterback and the uncertainty of him even being able to play, I just think this will be a deal that bites them in the butt. And that is a fully guaranteed two hundred and thirty million. That's Good yeah. for Deshaun, I guess. I mean, get your money, but yeah. And I guess the 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 jury system is innocent until proven guilty. He has not been proven guilty, so they, are they going to operate under the assumption that he's innocent? The NFL has mm. way more details than we do. I, I all I'm yeah. saying is Big Ben had allegations, and he had two of them, and got suspended six games. So that's three allegation. Deshaun has twenty two. That's 66 games of suspension. That's three full seasons if the math is staying consistent. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Let's stay with quarterbacks. Matt Ryan gets traded. It seemed like there was some steam there or some smoke, I should say. And when there's smoke, there's fire. But it's like. And who's trying to trade for Matt Ryan? And then all of a sudden he gets traded to the Colts, like literally like in a blink of an eye. Um, I like the move. I'm sure you do too, as far as just like on a one-year deal, but like, where are you at on this? Yeah, I think Matt Ryan's perfect. I think at this stage of his career, he's better than Phillip Rivers was at the stage he was at when he went to the Colts. Yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe as a career, I might take Phillip Rivers. That's a whole nother argument. But I'm yeah. saying when Phillip went to the Colts and when Matt Ryan went to the Colts, taking those two quarterbacks, Matt Ryan's better. Um, they they got the great running game. And they got the monster defense. For me to know what this team is, I, they've got a draft in about three months to figure out this wide receiver room. Uh, it Up there with the Packers, it might be one of the worst in the league at the wide receiver position. Um, you've got Michael Pittman. We don't know That's if T.Y. We don't know if T.Y.'s coming back. They got rid of Zach Pascal. Um, I think they've got rid of Jack Doyle, too, or do they still have him? Not, not that this is a huge addition. I'm not trying to overplay this. Watch out for Julio to go there on a small deal. Yeah, and as a veteran with the knowledge in third down red zone situation, I think they can use him better than the Titans tried to use him. The Titans tried to well, line him up as the element. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Well, right, but I'm just saying, like, the Titans tried to use Julio Jones as, like, 2013 Julio Jones, and it's just yeah. – there's a way to utilize them, and I don't think they did it properly. Um, I think Frank Wright and Matt Ryan would be able to. But this draft has a lot of wide receivers, so I'd expect the Colts to go there when their first pick whenever they have it. But I like the move overall. I think it'll be positive, and I don't think – man, the AFC is so loaded. So I don't want to say they'll make the playoffs because the AFC is dumb. So we'll see how it goes. But I think they will be improved from last year simply off not turning the ball over. 
Yeah, and, and personally, I we'll see how Mariota works out over there. But yeah, I'm not throwing the Colts in the playoff picture right now either, only because I don't know that they're drastically improved. They haven't. They haven't unimproved. <laughs> What's the word I'm yeah, looking for? They haven't gotten Falcons, worse. If you're a Falcons fan, you're sitting there thinking about how Justin Fields, Mac Jones, possible trade up to three for Trey Lance, like. And then you get rid of Matt Ryan the next year when you had those three quarterbacks at the fourth fourth pick. You could have done something. Like as Falcons fans, you just have to be confused on how your your organization is just so average. Kyle Pitts is a great player. He's a great player. We've seen this in one year, but they could have drafted Justin Fields, sat him for one year behind Matt Ryan and had their guy, quote unquote. And, yeah, and it and if, if you do that, maybe it rejuvenates the whole room. You you possibly get Calvin Ridley back. You still had Russell Gage. Kyle Pitts is out there. Cordell Patterson. Like, you get Justin yeah. Fields running around in a dome down there in the south. I mean, shoot. Yeah, it's tough. Um, we're going to move to wide receiver. First one was Devontae Adams. This this happened again. This happened a while ago. We just haven't spoke. Uh, yeah. Devontae Adams to the Raiders on a mega deal. Uh, he signs the richest contract in NFL history for wide receiver for about a cup of coffee. But um, there's draft compensation involved, too. First off, <laughs> before we even get into that, let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Based off what I just told you, where do you think Aaron Rodgers is mentally right now? Do you think he's just okay? Do you think he's pissed? Do you think that he understands organizations no. to draft receivers? Or no, like, does he, he not care? He, he, he doesn't care. <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit. He got all of his money, he, and if he has a bad season, he'd be like, "Because my wide receivers are ass." He is. He doesn't. He doesn't care. I'm. How could you make any argument that he cares? Any, any argument. No. Alan Lazard is running your. When you pick a Madden play and you see that red route as the primary target, sixty-eight Alan Lazard is running that bad boy. Stop it. I guess you get Robert Tunyon back. (laughs) They have to go after wide receivers. Yeah. In the first and second round. There's a lot of lot of stuff coming out of Packers that there's going to be heavy movement on draft day. And they are looking for a Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, London Drake. I'll be honest. I don't know if we're doing a draft podcast. I haven't done hundred percent we are. We're going to. Some, okay. If we I, we're going to. We have to. I gotta look into a lot of this stuff because I missed the combine. I haven't. I can't even name five. Res, I can't name five receivers. That Drake yes, guy. Can. Drake. Wilson. Olave and Wilson. Olave. Jameson Williams. John Josh Dodson. Okay, I got five. But I'm just saying, like it's. I have not looked at the draft a whole lot. I gotta get in there. I gotta get in there. And it's fun. we're talking wide receivers now, but I can make the case there is, gosh, five to seven teams that will 100% be taking a wide receiver in the first round, and there ain't seven great ones. There's four to five really good ones, and it's gonna, there's going to be some movement. It absolutely blew my mind when Garrett Wilson had a faster 40 time than Olave. Like, I always thought Olave was the speed guy. Garrett Wilson was yeah. the possession best hand. Jesus. I've been on record, by the way. I've been on record saying Garrett Wilson's the best player. Yeah. 
for a while. And I agreed. I just didn't know he had that speed. I didn't yeah. know he had that. Like, I've seen Olave fly down the field. Garrett Wilson's faster than he is. They, I guess maybe they just didn't use him that way. And then they got that, what, in Jotten to Hooten Dooten Smith or whatever. That he's, he's really good, too. I don't Smith and Jigba. Jackson that, Smith and Jigba. Smith and Jigba. Smith, <laughs> David, and Joku out there running routes. He's really good. Back to Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Holy cow, the Raiders. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Devontae yeah. Adams, Darren Waller. A pretty solid offensive line for what, yeah. what happened last year. They were a playoff team. They do have a new head coach. How do you like the fit to the Raiders, and how do you like the Raiders right now? Love them. Same. We hate the Raiders, too. Yeah. We, we dog the Raiders. You can't afford to blitz too many guys with that many perimeter weapons. You yeah. have two two elite route runners. Hunter Renfro is an elite route runner. Guys yeah. who can just toast people. Darren Waller, you're, I mean, top four. Top, there's five tight ends, I think, that have – that are ahead of the game right now. You've got Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Waller, and Hawkinson. If I'm missing somebody, maybe I am. There's there's some good you tight ends. Didn't end. say Pitts. Kyle Pitts. I, I just think he's a wide receiver. Okay, that, that's okay. I, I just I never. But really he's a tight end, so we yeah, got to. So Mike Gesicki. You could put him too. Gesicki, timeout. You could talk about um, Dallas Goddard. Who led? The, who led? Who led all touch? Tight ends and touchdowns. So with I don't know Hunter Hunter Henry from New England. He was a machine. Okay, okay. So there's there's Gronk. a lot. Of, we still got to talk about. There's a lot of tight ends. Okay, come on. Saying, Gronk had 800 yards in like 12 games last year. Okay, so when we're year. talking about the Raiders, their offense is great. Um, they've got an elite pass rusher. Max Crosby's a dog. Like Chandler Jones on the other side. Yeah, did they uh? They had Casey Hayward, but he just went to the Falcons, I think. It's a good defensive draft, so they do need some more defensive pieces, and they got to shore mm-hmm. that up. But in an offensive league, they are built to succeed. Again, they are in hands down the toughest division in the NFL. Yeah. So it's hard to predict any of those teams with how much new there is and how much explosions there are. Like I, I can't said, wait for that division breakdown. Yeah, the AFC West. I can't West, wait plays against the nfc west this year so that's like a lot of primetime games that's all of them (laughs) i mean you're gonna of course you're gonna have probably four brady primetime games four or five because it could be his last year on he plays a lot of great quarterbacks this year or a lot of boys yeah but i'm just saying like primetime is going to be loaded i'm expecting the steelers to maybe i mean they got it they give them one usually against the ravens but I don't expect many because those divisions are going to have so many primetime games, which I'm here for. I'm absolutely oh, here for. Give course. me Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson on a Sunday night. Every Thursday night of the year, I want an NFC West game, period. Every Thursday night. Give them all to so me. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels on the call? Yeah, Run it. yeah. Run it. Let's go. Let's go. Um, let's stay in that division. For a brief second, and then we're gonna move. Tyree Kill out of the AFC West into the AFC West or the AFC East, traded the Dolphins. A trade that literally was talked about at like 10 o'clock in the afternoon or in the morning, and then all of a sudden by noon it was done. So 
where he went on this. I thought it was weird. Apparently they offered him a contract. He laughed at it. Uh, they traded him to a team of his choice, and then he signs a mega deal. I don't think, I don't think he laughed at it. I, so, you could be. He right. turned it. He turned it down. Yeah. So, so what I heard is no, he turned it down. Well, right. Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs were in contract talks. Tyreek's like, I want to be the highest paid receiver in the league. Yep. And the Chiefs were like, Okay, give us a minute. And they came to him with a deal, and they're like what do you think about this? You'll be the highest paid. And he was like, yeah, I think I can do that. Wait, Devontae is the highest paid receiver in the league. What's he making? No, Andy, uh, Hunt family, you're going to have to pump that up. Ty, we can't. All right, Miami, it is. <laughs> like, I think he was going to, if Devontae would have waited 48 hours, I think Tyreek Hill would still be a chief. Um, it just happened to be the timing. Um, yeah, he's going to go to a worse quarterback, obviously. No no shade on Tua. Not he's, even an argument. Not Mahomes. But Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Mike Gusecki, um, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. I mean. And Cedric Wilson from the, the that's, Cowboys, that's too. Cedric Wilson. I mean, you have, Bert, you have one-yard catch, 85-yard touchdowns all over the field and um that's what that's what mike um mike daniels is good at get the ball out quick run game they went out and picked up a massive pickup in teron armstead at, at tackle they yep. have uh they have a hometown mike Dieter on the interior of that offensive line that's up and coming mm-hmm. they might even draft one and man and speed kills and and they got it and they have two elite corners which if you don't have elite pass rushers, you got to have good secondaries so that you can blitz more, and that's kind of what they're going to do, I believe. And the Dolphins look like trouble. We'll see how much it ends up mattering. Um, I know Colin Coward used the analogy. He's like, you can have five sport cars in the garage, but if you have a bad driver, the cars aren't worth what they could be. Yeah. And, and I get that, but Tua has every chance to prove himself of being able to do that. You know, he's worked with multiple elite receivers at Alabama before. That's a whole different ball game, I understand. Yep. Yep. But, you know, he, he's got the weapons, and it's going to be a no more excuses year. If 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 they're not going to come out and say, we believe in Tua or we don't, straight up, what they have said is, we're going to find out if, we're, if we can believe in him or not. And if you're a Dolphins fan, I don't know how you couldn't be excited for what the future holds. I know you gave up a lot of picks, but you look at your team's roster and how close you were to coming in second in the division last year after losing seven in a row at the beginning, you know, you feel like you lost the chance there. And not only do you get to run it back, but you're better. We could talk for two more hours. I'm running short on time here. I do want to close with this. What does Tua have to do to be the 2023 starter for the Miami Dolphins? Period. He has to make the playoffs. Okay, uh, I need I need more. Like, what do you mean? J- like, just like because the Bills are still the favorites in the East. Would you agree or no? Yeah, I I think that Tua has to make the playoffs and have ten over, and seven make the playoffs, and he has to have over double the amount of touchdowns as he has interceptions. So if he has eleven interceptions on the year, he has to have more than twenty two touchdowns. His ratio has to be higher than that. If, if, if Tua comes out and throws 
25 touchdowns, 10 picks, goes 10 and 7 and makes a wild card spot, two is the starter the following year. You could say win a playoff game, but I don't know it it could be win a playoff game because if he does make the playoffs, you're playing the teams that there's so many young quarterbacks in the AFC. You're playing teams that you're going to be playing for the next eight to ten years. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. These guys are still here for eight to ten years. So if you can't beat them or even compete with them, I just think that if Tua makes the playoffs, they're going to be too good for a draft pick to get a new quarterback, and he's going to have been good enough to win games to get you to the playoffs. I don't – that's not a roster where you're drafting someone. Well, I mean, I guess we could say no, uh, quarterbacks don't move, but as we saw this year, <laughs> anything can happen. That's thrown out at this point. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just uh, – I think – Are there any quarterbacks set to be, even be able to move next year, though? I mean, I Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants that mess. Now, it would be interesting if Mike Daniel said, you know what, I was fine with Jimmy there's, Garoppolo. It was Kyle Shanahan that didn't want him. There is another quarterback that's a free agent in for this year. You can just say it. Is that Baker? Tom Brady. Yeah, he could. They, they built a house in Miami. They're built, it's being built right now, him and Giselle. Yeah, absolutely. It could, 100%. One more chance to give it back to Bill. Let's see how good or bad they are this year. Absolutely. I mean, it's 100%. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot there. I don't know. Um, I, mean, I, I don't think two is the starter next year. And I, if he if he throws 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and 10 – because he doesn't throw picks, to his credit. He doesn't throw picks. 30 touchdowns, 10 picks in a 17-game season, I think that will be looked at as a bad year. He doesn't throw picks with Devontae Parker. When you got Hill – and Waddle and Wilson and Gass- you're slinging that rock and Mike Daniels is going to let him. I just think I don't know. They have such a good team around them that I think they can be very successful and it would be it would be tough to move off to about to your, if Brady wants to play for Tampa or so, for Miami. Sorry, yeah. or yeah, Miami. Yeah. Also, um, currently right now, I believe there is um, 25 players within three shots of the lead at the masters it's uh incredibly close right now and tiger's one of those correct oh uh, well the front nine have not been great for tiger woods here but he is plus two he's still Ooh. he's still hanging around the leader's minus three he's five strokes off the lead and if he makes the cut there's still 36 holes left to be played after today um but yeah he started off the front nine with five 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 i think he bogeyed three of the first five holes and he fell to plus two, but then he's, he's been playing well. But, yeah, all, all eyes are on Tiger. Um, but, yeah, Masters are phenomenal. The, the wind has picked up today. So the guys who got an early tee time got a little bit of an advantage early, and the wind's really picked up. And Augusta's the most difficult course in golf, or one of them especially. And, um, yeah, this this is wide open. It's, it's actually really fun to watch. Cool beans. Well – I'm sorry that we and uh, Brad haven't been able to link up. Um, trust me, I've been wanting to talk sports too. But hopefully next week isn't an issue. And uh, gosh, we're getting close to the draft. We got to start doing doing draft stuff. So we'll bring you the best we can. And uh, yeah, keep. Uh, hope you guys st- still digging what we're doing, even if it's not a lot lately. But yeah, we'll be also, back. Also, 
you get a chance to listen to this, even if you are not, if you can get some friends together and maybe to see what's up, it's usually about $70 on pay-per-view for a fight card. And tomorrow's is ridiculous. With what's two the main titles. event? The main event is Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie. And the co-main event is another title fight, Peter Yan versus Sterling. I'm not going to try that first name. But the record's 23-1 and one versus 17-6. and six. But the Korean Zombie's a knockout machine, can win it any second. And the other one is 20-3 and three versus 16-2. and two. The one before that on the main card, 20-4 and four versus 10-0. and 0. And the first one on the main card, I believe it is. Well, there's a big main card, but 14 and two versus 11 and 0. I mean, these guys, there's a there's a lot of great fights tomorrow. Even the women, 11 and two versus 13 and five. Those are, you know, watching the women fight, they they throw hands. Oh yeah, love chick Sometimes fights. Sometimes they just turn off their mind and just start wanting to. They just see red and yeah. So great card tomorrow night. Must watch. Probably better than any card in 2021 from what. People who watch UFC more than I do have watched best card in a year. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time. We out. Real talk. See you Peace. Guys.